What's up? It's episode 38, Pain Points of Wealth, and inflation is officially here. Not that you didn't know it was here, but the official numbers came in way higher than expected last week, surprising the markets, surprising economists, but not surprising you and me. We knew the cost of everything was already going up. Tech stocks still going down. What do you do with your money right now? We know inflation's real. We know rotation's going on. We're going to break it down for you. Companies can't hire. They can't hire fast enough. We got a labor shortage. It's getting crazy out there. We're going to break down the market, the economy, and on our tipping point segment today, what's going on with your retirement date, your date of financial independence? Are you planning for it? How do you plan for it? How do you get to a position where you have the freedom to do everything you want to do because you saved enough? You made that big pile of cash. You invested it right. You grew it. And now you have that date where you can live life the way you want to. We're going to show you how to do it. Check it out. We got a great show. Hit the music. Welcome to the Pain Points of Wealth, the podcast that addresses the pain points that come with creating, growing, and sustaining your wealth, giving you a multi-generational perspective from three pains in a pod. Bob Payne, the boomer. Chris Payne, the millennial, and Ryan Payne, the generation somewhere in between. Hey guys, I mean, we've been talking about it week after week at our podcast. Inflation is in plain sight. I mean, look at somebody who's building a house right now. Lumber costs are going up. Copper's going up. Tin, iron's all going up. But what if you're not building a house right now? Check the price of coffee. You know, your coffee price is up every morning and corn's going up. So maybe you're in the morning, your coffee costs more. And then right after work, your bourbons cost them more now. Bob, I didn't know you were a bourbon man. I'm like a Southern gentleman in your prime of life there, brother. Hey, guys, you know, there's always surprises when it comes to your old man. That's <laughs> true. It's true. Well, here's the thing. It's remarkable. We already know raw material costs are going up, right? That's something that's been very obvious. We've talked about it week after week. Now it's showing up in the numbers. Surprise, surprise. But what's interesting is we had a very weak jobs number. Everyone thought they were going to create another million jobs last month, but it only was like 266,000 jobs, way less. The problem though is because people are getting so much more money in their stimulus checks at home that they don't want to go back to work, which is actually putting more pressure on companies to like give bonuses. Like they're going to give you $50 just to show up to a McDonald's interview because they really need people that desperately, which says we're also going to get wage inflation. It's going to get us from like every side here, guys. Hey, Chris, I'm a little disappointed. We had to give Ryan a hundred bucks to show up this morning for this podcast. Well, you know what's crazy, guys? Like right now for a company to compete with unemployment, they'd have to exceed a $32,000 a year paycheck. And one of the crazy things I noticed, I was in Wawa the other day, which is a local uh, convenience store down here in Philly. Wawa's offering $800 signing bonus to get people just to the door just to fill positions. It's crazy. Hey guys, it's been great working with you, but I think I have a future making sizzlies. I'm taking that 800 bucks, man. I'm out of here. It's a pretty good deal. Sounds like a great deal to me, Rye. But you know, when you look at the unemployment number, it's, it actually went up to 6.1%. But let's look what's happening, right? You're going to have unemployment benefits are going to run out after the summer, right? Schools are going to reopen. Businesses are booming. I mean, everybody I know who owns a business is struggling to find people to come to work. And you're seeing unions coming back. You know, there's a big movement for unions. All this is inflationary. And you couple that with the cost of everything going up, everything you look at Home Depot, you know, inflation's here and you better be prepared. Well, that's the other thing too, is like, we're not going to be talking about at the end of the year, we're going to have enough jobs for people. I am convinced we're going into some sort of labor shortage. Because again, to your point, Bob, as 
everything does pick up again. Because at some point, you know, vaccination rates keep going up. People are going to get out again as they're already starting to do. But by like September, October, there's going to be so much demand for labor. And my guess is we're going to get to a point where there's not enough people to even fill all the roles that are needed. And that's going to be a crazy dynamic. We're at a point where we actually don't have enough people to fill the jobs. And no one's even talking about that yet. You know, a couple of months ago, guys, we were talking about the money supply, right? It jumped 27% year over year, right? It's just like a screaming indication that inflation was coming. Now we find out that the smartest investor of all time, Warren Buffett, is making it very clear that all of his companies, and he owns a lot of companies, are seeing very substantial inflation everywhere. I feel pretty good. We got it right before, you know, Uncle Warren did. When you said the smartest investor of all time, I thought you were going to say me, Bob. And when you said Warren, I was a little bit uh, thrown off there. But yeah, it's true. It's just one of these things hiding in plain sight we've all known about. And the Fed has been basically saying, oh, no, it's transitory. But I feel like they're going to have to change their tune as well, because at some point here, you can't ignore the pink elephant in the room. Yeah, but guys, it's not like we're looking for hyperinflation. You know, we had Kenny Polcari on a couple of weeks ago, and he's saying, hey, there's no reason why we can't go back to the inflation of the 80s. Well, you know, I don't think we're going to go back. I think what the key is here is that we're going to have more inflation than what's expected, right? And markets react to whether things are getting better or things are getting worse. And in the case of inflation, it's getting worse. And it's not a big deal if you have an inflation hedge portfolio. Well, that's right. Because the one big dynamic difference that's happening now that we didn't have the last 10 years, and we all tend to invest our portfolio based on the last 10 years, which is a bad idea, is we had very low growth. In fact, if you look at GDP or the growth of the US year over year, it was actually under 2%, which is one of the lowest levels of growth that we've ever seen. Now we're going to a period where we're going to have like hyper growth. And we talk about having a 7% growth rate this year. That's the best growth rate in 40 years, but that also carries into 2022. 2022, we're going to see 4% growth. And what we found is historically, and we talk about the new school versus old school stocks, is old school stocks do better when you have more growth. Ironically, growth stocks underperform when the economy is showing growth. Go figure. Well, you know what, guys? I've been talking to a lot of my clients this week, and they're all ranting and raving and just absolutely thrilled with how there are things in their portfolio like pipelines and commodities have done this year. And I hesitate to remind them that over the last five years, they complained that they were the biggest dogs in their portfolio and they asked me to sell them out. So I think the big point here is, is that you really just need to own everything. Well, you do, Chris, but it, there's also valuation matters. You know, It doesn't matter until it matters. And the thing that concerns me a little bit is all the social gatherings I've been to, talking to clients on a daily basis, everybody's talking about how much their house is worth now and how much the house down the street sold for and how much more their house is valued and their portfolio. And it used to be People would not want to see their statements. And now they're, hey, Bob, can you give me the month-end summary of my account? I can't wait to see my statement. It's a little bit too much interest in how wealthy we've all become. So don't be surprised. We don't see a little pullback in the market, but don't be scared out. These headwinds are going to be temporary. The market's in a, still in a big booming bull market. Well, there's also just that oscillation between fear and greed, or we have fear that the world's going to come to an end. And now we have what we call FOMO, fear of missing out. And you feel that we talk about the crypto market a lot. And you notice a lot of people are like, why can't I get in on that? A lot of these cryptocurrencies have gone up hundreds of percents over the last couple of months. And I want to be part of that. I don't want to miss out on that. And that's only going to get worse, <laughs> in my opinion. You know, what happens is, is these markets heat up and you get into that bubble territory is everyone has to believe, right? Everyone has to get into this mindset 
of, you know, this is the new thing, this is the new economy, however you want to play it. And what we learned is eventually, like to your point, Bob, that bubble's going to burst. Well, it becomes a bubble, right? Because people trade this stuff for day traders. They buy it in the morning to sell it in the afternoon. They're not long-term holders. When it becomes a bubble is when all of us who are smart investors, long-term investors get enamored, right? We hear that siren song and all of a sudden we steer the ship into the rocks because it sounds like it's too good to be true. And guess what? It is. And that's when a bubble happens when long-term investors become enamored with a short-term trade. And that's happening with crypto. It's happening with Coinbase. You know, it's happening with some of these ridiculously high valuation growth companies that I've never heard of. You know, I'm going to stick with companies that pay me dividends and have grown their earnings over 40, 50, 60 years through good cycles and bad. Well, you know, I'm going to blame myself for this. We started talking about that work from home trend a couple months ago and started making fun of it. And I think I called Peloton just a glorified Nordatrack. <laughs> and, you know, since then, that stock's down 50%. And a lot of these work from home stocks that we literally were talking about on the podcast, we we're making fun of, we said this trend's going to end. It may have ended already because you start looking at all these quote unquote disruptive technologies. The future, a lot of the future has already sold off aggressively since we started talking about it on the podcast earlier in the year. So some of these bubbles actually are starting to burst. The SPAC market as well. That's another place that we made fun of earlier in the year. So is there a high correlation between our humor and basically parts of the market selling off. I don't know, guys. This could be a real trend. What I find really interesting is Chris and I have worked on a lot of new cases over the last couple of weeks, and they're all positioned the same way. Big, overweight, and large company mega tech stocks. Lots of growth in the portfolio. Lots of big performance in the last 10 years. Long-term bond funds that are down and going down almost on a daily basis. And they're reticent to make a change. It's like, well, Chris, how do you know you're right? You know, it's not about being right. It's about being positioned in the event things happen. But, you know, we've been seeing this rotation happen, but a lot of you are just so in bed with this momentum strategy. You're afraid, you know, to leave the dance. You know, there's an old expression that says, stay at the dance with the one who brought you. But, you know, we all learned in the past that don't fall in love with your stocks because stocks don't love you back. And I'll tell you what, you're in big trouble right now if you're still in love with the mega tech trade. I think you're in bigger trouble, Bob, when you start quoting Shania Twain songs, just saying. <laughs> I can't listen to Led Zeppelin every day. Hey, I hope you're enjoying our new podcast, Pain Points of Wealth. If you like our podcast, you love our podcast, we've literally doubled our listenership in the last month and we thank you for that. So don't be shy. Click on that like button, subscribe. You can get our podcast sent to your inbox every single week. Share it with a friend who can actually benefit from our great information. So please support us, like us, subscribe to our channel. All right, gentlemen, the tipping point. We pinpoint the pain point having the biggest impact on your wealth right now. So Bob and Chris, one of the biggest problems we need to solve for the 2,000 or so families we advise at Pain Capital Management is determining a date when it will be safe to be financially independent, which in a way is like all of our dreams, right? We use money so that we can have freedom down the line. You know, guys, that's just a great term, financial independence. The only time I've ever gotten in trouble in my financial planning strategies is when I asked a very successful person, family business, physician, attorney, when do you want to retire? And they go ballistic. Retire? Why would I retire? I worked hard to get here. I love what I do. All right, let's change it. Let's pick a date where you'll be financially independent when you have that big pile of go-to-hell money where no one can tell you what to do. I think that's a better strategy. Well, to quote Zig Ziglar, Zig Ziglar says we are designed for accomplishment. So, you know, it's really 
unnatural for us as humans to sit down and do nothing. So I think financial independence is a much better way to look at it because we should always be doing something. Well, I think the point here is just that, right? It's working because you want to, not because you have to. And I think that resonates with everybody. Because I mean, if we're honest about it, we like our job. It's fun. We get to do a lot of media stuff, like do a podcast together and do a lot of these fun things. But you know, it's one thing to know you have to do it versus saying, hey, I'm doing this because I enjoy it. But at any day, if I want to stop, I can stop. And I think the pandemic was great for that because I think a lot of people were like, wait a second here. You know, what if I can't work again? You know, what if my business shuts down and I haven't saved? So you just want to be prepared for the fact that if God forbid you can't work tomorrow or you don't want to work tomorrow, you've already set yourself up. You hooked yourself up and you've got this big pile of cash over here you can live on. I couldn't agree more, right? Because everybody's life is complex. The plan is kind of simple. And you know, Chris, I want to give a shout out to our buddy Peter, who works with a lot of financial advisors. And he just told us the other day that we take all these complex issues and give a better analysis than anybody in the industry. And that's what everyone needs because you have to factor in all aspects of your life, not just what's in your portfolio and how much money are you making. Peter's absolutely right, Dad. And you know, the one thing that you did mention is that we do it absolutely free of cost. It's a complimentary view. As a matter of fact, Dad, you and I recently worked on a case where this couple, they had a lot of assets put away. They had no idea if they were financially independent. And what we found out is that they were, one, they were taking enormous risk, like way more risk than they needed to. And two, not only are they taking enormous risk, but they had no idea that they were in absolutely phenomenal shape. Well, that's a key. They had all their assets, I mean, primarily all their assets in growth-oriented, large-cap tech-type investments, which have done extraordinarily well over the last 10 years. And the problem was they wanted to retire and they didn't have any income. And you don't want to have a portfolio or at least an income stream dependent on relative performance. You know, Rye, I can't buy lunch with Bitcoin or relative performance. Yeah, that's the one I mean, common theme that I think right now, specifically, when we run these analysis is it's you're not hooking yourself up. You know, really, a lot of these growth portfolios, which we talk about, you know, whether you owned all those hot tech stocks, whether it be Amazon, Google, Tesla, Facebook. And I literally did a call with a prospective client the other day, and he made tons of money in Tesla and just crushed it last year. And of course, now Tesla is going down every single day. And we ran the numbers for him because that's what you have to do. It's like, if you want to figure out your financial independence state, let's just play what if. Let's look at different ages. Let's look at age 60. Let's look at age 55. You know, you can just play what if and see. And I'm like, dude, by the time you're 60, if we just took all this money and we cash flowed it, and what I mean by that is we just started generating tons of income on it and compound it, you're set. Like, why are we sitting here messing around with all these tech stocks hoping they go up every year when truth be told is an anomaly that we had all these things go up as much as they did? Whereas we just generate a ton of income on this portfolio, you're done. And that's what everybody should be doing right now. It's like put the pause button on all the stuff that worked the last 10 years and figure out how you're going to generate a ton of income on your portfolio. And I'm, odds are you're going to be set. It's crazy. Well, you know what, Ryan? That like fantasy of growth is a lot like the story of the golden calf in the Bible. It's a false idol. A lot of times when I talk to my clients, they're like, oh, well, this part of the portfolio is doing great. Who cares about dividends? But the bottom line is, is that the dividends are more reliable. You know, like I always say, you get a better outcome with income. You know, that's brilliant, Chris. I think I use that line all the time. And I spoke to a couple the other day that just became clients recently, and we de-risked their portfolio. And I went through and I was eliminating everything that was overweighted in high technology and mega tech stocks. Half of them, they don't remember ever owning. And meanwhile, what they did was they looked at the projections and say, we're going to have this much excess income for the rest of our life. We can either invest it, save it, spend it, or give it to charity. I said, yeah, hey, sign me up. 
And I think that's the kind of the theme of this podcast today is the last 10 years aren't going to look like the next 10 years. So all the investments you have that got you to this point today are not going to be the winners next 10 years. I mean, these cycles are over and over again. They're as old as the hills. And I do like the fact, Chris, you went biblical on us, man. I think that Catholic school, while those years you invested, Chris, in Catholic school, got him to use the Old Testament here on our show today. That's pretty amazing. Right. But I think when it comes to investing, you really do need to be agnostic. Just saying. I think the big point here is you have this crazy opportunity to exploit the fact that the world has changed. You can set up your portfolio in a way today that can get you to financial independence with so much more certainty. And every portfolio we look at, and again, we look at 50 portfolios a month. There's no other firm in the country, I'm pretty convinced, that sees as many portfolios as we do. And the one thing we found is you're missing the boat on generating income on your portfolio that can basically get you to your goals without the headaches of, is the market going up this year? Is it going down this year? Like, who needs that? You know, I think a lot of times I'm wondering is why everybody doesn't take advantage of this groundbreaking analysis. I mean, it's the most thorough review available in the industry today. It's one of a kind, right? It's the only one of its kind. And everyone can take advantage of it because the price is right. Last I checked, we do it for free. Bob, Chris, and I have now spent a collective 70 years helping individuals just like you with their planning and investing. This is literally what we do every single day. Everything we teach you here on this podcast, along with some due diligence of your own, can help you get ahead financially at any stage of your journey. But if you have over $500,000 saved and you want a more hands-on approach and guidance, you can apply for a free financial review. Simply go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan or click the link below and see if you qualify for a free financial analysis. We'll put together a full audit of your investments, the fees you're paying, tax optimization, a complete savings and income plan. There's no other firm on Wall Street that does this comprehensive review to help you get on your path to achieving financial independence. So simply go to www.paincm.com slash financial plan or click the link below and see if you qualify for a free financial review. Hey, I hope you're enjoying episode 38, Pain Points of Wealth. If you like our content, you love our content, you think I'm smarter than Chris and Bob, which you do, don't be shy. Click on that like button, subscribe to our channel. Feel free to forward it to a friend and put a comment below. We'd love to talk to you about anything financially related. All right, guys, it's the hidden facts of finance, random financial facts that may surprise you or even shock you. Bob, earlier this year on this podcast, we discussed how we were moving back from the virtual world to the real world. And we discussed companies like Peloton, the proverbial work from home stocks. And Peloton, since that time, has lost 53% of its value and could continue to go lower here. You know, I'm wondering if we could start up a service where we get companies to pay us, not to mention how overvalued their stocks are, you know, to save the value of the company. What do you think, guys? It's dangerous. I mean, we doubled our listenership last month. I think we're moving markets now, guys. It's crazy. Chris. The U.S.'s physical infrastructure is ranked only 16th globally by the World Economic Forum. The proposed spending plan, which would be implemented over eight years, would return government investment in the real economy to its highest level since the 1960s. Well, that's great news because here in Philly, we have potholes the size of Volkswagens. We actually play a little game when we're driving called Pothole Slalom. So a $3 trillion investment in our infrastructure will certainly make driving more pleasurable here in Philly. We need more efficiencies, productivity. It's only going to make this economy continue to boom. Bob, assets in thematic funds, funds that focus on stocks that are thought to be the beneficiaries of long-term social trends and technological innovation ballooned 430% in the past year to $133 billion. The problem is 
investors tend to bid up the future too high in the present, as seen with the very hot ARK Innovation Fund, which is now down 31% since February. You know, guys, I always tell you, all markets revert to the mean. So when you have the stocks of the future, right, there are no new errors. When you have these technological innovation disruption companies and funds, what happens is that they are the companies of the future, but they're on their way to the prices of the past. They're going back down to where they were a couple of years ago. Back to the future. Somewhere in there, there's a saying. That's pretty brilliant though, Bob. I like that. Chris, of the 461 large cap growth funds in existence 20 years ago, right before the tech bubble burst, similar to now, only 133 are still around today. That's a 71% failure rate. Wow. Well, Rise, they often say history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. And the cream rises to the top. That's why it's so important to be diversified, not put all your eggs in one basket. Hey, Chris, last I checked, that's a better failure rate than Ryan had at Villanova. (laughs) Hey, I have a poor track record like a money manager. What can I tell you? You Never hire a money manager, I think, is the theme here. All right, guys, another great show. If you like our content, again, please subscribe, click the like button. As always, stay loose, keep an open mind. Thanks for listening to The Pain Points of Wealth. Hopefully, you found the ideas discussed in this episode valuable and useful for your own financial journey. You can find out more about Bob, Brian, and Chris's firm, Payne Capital Management, at bebullish.com or through the contact information found in the description of this episode in your podcast player or app. Join us next week for another episode of The Pain Points of Wealth, brought to you by Payne Capital Management. Information provided on today's show is provided for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed.